the religions that have taken hold in the West <clears throat> have developed in accord with the Western ego structure that is focused upon the phenomenal world and have accepted as the frame of reference that illusory mental object known as the ego complex. And once that is tacitly accepted as our nature, our identity, our reality, then those religions that developed in the West had no choice but to accept the concept of sin. And the function of religion as to help the sinful fallen souls to return to that state before the fall. But that state could not be known and could only be achieved through a self-punishment for having sinned, for ongoing sinfulness. Whereas in the older religions of the East, the point in which reflection begins is the recognition that there is only the one real, the one absolute self, and all else is illusion. And the problem is simply one of ignorance, of having fallen into the illusion, into the belief that one is the sinful ego. But one cannot come out of the ignorance of the belief in the sinful ego by ongoing belief that one is a sinful ego and trying to get out of one's sin by punishing that ego and its innocent body as if the body is responsible for the sin rather than the identification with a body-mind complex And so the function of Eastern religion is simply to awaken from ignorance. It has nothing to do with self-punishment. It has nothing to do with trying to ameliorate, to improve the ego, to make it more willing to behave. It is simply a realization that the ego is an illusion. And once awakened from it and from any interest in believing in that as one's reality, the sin itself falls away by itself. And so the crucial difference between East and West lies in the recognition in the East 
that there is no ego to emerge from. There is only ignorance to awaken from. And the ignorance is the ignorance of the failure to recognize that the ego and its world all simply arise in pure awareness. And that our nature is awareness itself. That purity of consciousness that has no identity. No form. And no attachment or identification with language. Language is simply an instrument that is used in order to function within the phenomenal plane. But because thought is embedded in the illusion of duality, it can only be accurately used after the attainment of awakening to the truth of non-duality. It is this that is the difference between wrong thinking and right thinking. And it is wrong thinking that is what in the West would be called sin. So the shift is a shift in the relationship to language. Because it is language that knots the consciousness to the body and to the egoic thought patterns and affects. And it is this ego complex, this knot that must be cut because it is the source and the cause of all suffering. The technical difficulty is that the ego is filled with pride and with the refusal to submit and with a sense of the arrogance of its own ability to do everything by itself and its lack of humility and its fear of dependency because of its origins in childhood when its dependency became the cause of its traumas leaves it in the double bind of feeling that it would not gain liberation by leaving behind its illusory power of using language to achieve domination, but that it would become enslaved and dependent upon a kind of wisdom that it does not possess and a kind of power that once it gives up the illusory power, that language and the attractiveness of the body seem to offer it, 
would leave it in a helpless position and too vulnerable to the need for support and love from another. But that is, in fact, its original position as an ego. And it is only its compensation and repression of its true fear, its terror of dependency, that has caused its own mind to split and therefore its will to become weak. And in a false bravado, to pretend to have the power to go it alone. And so, so long as the narrative of the ego is believed, the consciousness can never retrieve its true nature from that illusion. There must be a break with the belief of what the ego mind tells you and what its affects make you believe seem all too real in order to become free of the delusion that one has no choice but to keep the ego intact as one's weapon and defense against the possibly antagonistic intentions of the other. Because the ego is born out of a state of paranoia, a fear that its own helplessness will be exploited, that paranoia becomes its own warning signal that creates anxiety as the consciousness becomes close to liberation. And liberation from the ego becomes the most apparent threat that the ego chooses to ward off in its delusory, upside-down thinking that only the ego's defense mechanisms protect it when in fact they are the cause of all of its misery. The mind can only be awakened from this delusion that makes the trap ever more dense, ever more unable to see itself to have the clarity to recognize its own paradoxical self-sabotage. When there has been a surrender to that higher intelligence within, through the silencing of the mind and the turning more deeply inward toward the source of our being. And it is in that act of abiding as the silent presence that revives the timeless realization of our real nature and brings back into our emotional space the strength and the power to withstand the temptations, the fears, and the 
the illusory desires of the ego that bring ever more deep kinds of unhappiness and confusion. It is in that act of abiding outside the locus of the ego mind, within the deep self, the immutable point of motionless presence. In that point of stillness and silence in which all the modifications of the ego mind cease for long enough for the awakening to happen and re-empowerment to take place. It is this offering of one's attention to that silent presence that is the deepest innermost center of one's awareness. That brings the samadhi of self-salvation. The awakening from the trance of helpless addiction to egoic thought patterns and behavior patterns that produce temporary gratification and long-term enslavement and weakness and delusion that is the only way out of the trap that we have self-created through believing that we are persons who are bodily, mortal, gendered, and who exist in separation from the other, from nature, and from the source of all that is. Once having fallen into the delusion of the ego mind, indeed sin as defined in Western religion is inevitable. But the way out into freedom is very, very simple, much more simple than Christianity or Judaism or Islam would allow you to recognize. And it is simply to slip off the frame of reference of the ego and think out of the box of its dualistic linguistic concepts and learn to know intuitively, instantaneously, spontaneously through the surrender to that silent, pure intelligence that in fact is the source of grace. The grace of awakening, the grace of liberation is simply a function of self-realization. Nothing needs to be done 
Nothing needs to be changed. No amends need to be made. But there must be such detachment from the pull of the ego mind toward its illusory form of thinking that one gives oneself the gift of abiding in the silence of the real self long enough to cut the knot that has kept you imprisoned in a false self. Once the knot is cut, one will recognize that all of one's attachments, all of one's identifications, fixations, addictions, were futile, were hypocritical, and were without substance, without truth, without real love, without real meaning, and were simply a prop to support the ego in its fear of standing alone in truth as who one really is. It was a desire for freedom that could never be fulfilled because it begins with the premise of its own inability to live an authentic life because its mind has been split and its true desires have been repressed and its true nature has been forgotten. In the simple, instantaneous cutting of one's identification from the ego mind, freedom is immediately recognized as your true nature. No struggle must ensue. No defeat of the ego's sinfulness. Nothing but the enjoyment of the blissful self that is already, always, who you are. And it is this capacity for sudden illumination and liberation that creates a difference in the nature of the Eastern and Western path. It is this illumination that is the awakening to the real and the decision to abide as the real and not fall back into the illusion that ensues simply and spontaneously from the silencing of the ego for long enough 
to disentangle one's consciousness from any desire to remain in ignorance. It is that simple recollection of one's consciousness from its false identifications that returns the power of freedom and the true status of one's being as fearless and as desireless and as beyond suffering. This liberation is your birthright. There is no question of whether you are worthy of it. One must only not fall into the ignorance that believes superego voices that tell you you are not worthy or ready or interested and that you have other desires on the physical plane that are more important than your liberation from your egoic suffering. A yogi is one who would never heed those delusory voices and therefore will not delay one's self-liberation from the creation of ever more karma and ever more layers of illusion that must be pierced in order to achieve the realization that one is not subject to those forces that the ego would like you to believe are irresistible and unconquerable, but that have no power but your own belief in them. In fact, nothing has power over you because you are the absolute. You are the one self. You are the source of all. But you are that only when the ignorance has been discarded. The operational power is given in the silent act of surrender to the real self. It is this that shifts the operating system of consciousness 
from that of false thinking to that of right thinking. And from thenceforward, there would be no maya to have to deal with. It is this that is called jivan mukti, liberation in life. It is this that is the objective and the grace that becomes a living reality that enables one to be a beacon of love and light and healing for the world. And for the accumulation of merit that brings about the capacity to redream the world itself as a kingdom of heaven. All of the wisdom, the power, and the purity of heart that is necessary to retrieve not only the individual illusory self, but the cosmic self. is the ultimate gift of that self in its own self-liberation that liberates all. May you choose that path. That is the only path that is real and end your suffering without delay. <laughs>